0: good morning everyone Good afternoon good evening wherever you, you are around this beautiful planet earth welcome to another episode of cr improv we, Jamie, made, it. Yeah, we made it shaken we made
1: you know um I don't know. How about you, Mickey, but I feel like, so it's, it's springtime here in Pennsylvania and I don't know if it's my personality. I'm trying to like drill into this a little bit, but every time we get to spring, I feel like this a little bit of like, I don't know. It's like, I'm, you know what? I also know that I say the word like a lot. I've realized that on, as I listen to recordings of myself. So I'm going to work at trying not to do that. I, have found that the spring you know I, I look around and I feel like everything is broken like I don't know do you feel that way in your home I feel like you know it's like everything's cluttered and you know that whole idea of spring cleaning I always thought it was just like kind of cultural but I feel like there's something in me that says it's time to clean and beautify and fix and that's like the bug I have these days so and it's also a very, very busy time in higher ed. So that's kind of what's shaken in my life is this, this tug of war between these two worlds of springtime and crazy time in higher ed.
0: Interesting. Um, I, well, I can definitely attest to everything's broken. I mean, I've, you know, I spent a lot of time in an RV. And if there's one thing that I can promise you will happen with an RV, things break. Yeah. Uh, that is a part of life in an RV. Uh, repairs Uh, and as we've talked before Jamie it's helpful if you're handy Uh, not so helpful if you're not Um, (laughs) and and as you've described you are Uh, and so there's just you know I'm accustomed to it winter's ending spring is starting we're starting our camping season and I'm you know we've got a lot of little things we're fixing in the RV things like a heat pump water heater things like that that just Go awry
1: in the off yeah. season. Things break. So things, things break. break. Uh, I mean, you know, like not to get too philosophical here, but like that whole, you know, there's a famous poet. I think maybe it's Yeats, but it's like things fall apart, and it's kind of an interesting. Um, it's an interesting place to think about when we. Went, I, I mean, even when we relate it to education, I was. I you know, I'll I'll, I'll give one story just. Um, just really quickly, but I was on a campus this week for the first time I traveled in an airplane for work for the first time in almost 30 months, uh, which I was just shocked by when I did the math, I was just crazy. But, um, you know, higher ed just like continues to live in this paradigm shift that uh, that is very uh, almost like it's it's almost becoming visible where how you know how how the there's changes and i feel like this onset of you know almost new thinking uh but it kind of relates back to like things falling apart right like systems that are old that we're used to uh break or they don't work as well as they used to so we have to find a new system in order to improve on that which we know we need so for you it's hot water uh For the enrollment managers that I met with last week, it's, you know, more leads that are very kind of oriented toward the faith that the school uh, is a part of, and just really an interesting, you know, paradigm of where we are. So, yep. You're trying to segue us into the business of
0: what we're to talk about.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I am. I mean, I am for sure. I mean, well, I
0: was going to hold us off for one more uh, piece about spring. Well, bring it. Let's let's hear it. Where well, are you calling you, from today? T- why not you tell
1: us? Why don't you tell us where you're calling <laughs> in from today?
0: I am I am we're recording this you're in Pennsylvania. I'm in North Carolina, the Outer Banks. Um, speaking of RV season, it has started and, and we uh, took the week to hang out here. I've been uh, I worked all day yesterday. Uh, i am working a little bit today and tomorrow and taking the rest of the time off and uh, to hang with the family. We're going to do our kids are going to do some hang gliding. Today. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yep. awesome. Yeah. Um, they have hang gliding school um, in the Outer Bank. So, you know, the Wright brothers kind of uh, showed that there's opportunity to fly here uh, a few years ago. And so we're going to let our kids, I wouldn't do it if my life depended on it, Let's be clear. <laughs> but my kids seem to be really excited about it. And I don't want them to live in a world of fear. Um, and so I'll just bite my teeth pretty hard. Um, you know, as they do this and I watch it, Good but, for you. but springtime, I like to think spring is a, is a season of hope. Uh, yeah. You're coming out of a winter, you know, I love snow. I love to see snow. I love to have snow on the ground in the winter, but I also love to see that weather warming and I like the flowers blooming. And then one, well, I'll say the one, my favorite part of Pennsylvania is that you really get to see all four seasons. Yeah. Uh, and um, now, but it also reminds me springtime, my favorite poem of all time, a poem I've known since I was in eleventh grade. It's Robert Frost's "Mending Wall." Something there is that doesn't love a wall. The whole purpose is about two neighbors getting together to repair what's been broken from the winter. Hmm. The wall separating their properties. Um. So anyway, so when you said spring in that, uh, that's exactly where my mind went. And um, there, something there is that makes me love that poem. Yeah, Um, we were in Vermont last year as we are being and we got to go to the stomping grounds of Robert Frost and to his trail and his cabin. It was really cool. So but but spring is the season of hope and you've got clients that are looking for leads. I've got clients who are looking for more applicants and a system and a CRM system that allows them to more effectively engage those applicants and uh, connect with them. So um, definitely a good time. I think as we talk about hope and we think about reflection and what folks are needing, I think we we were planning today to circle back to one of our previous episodes and really just take a dive back in the conversation we had with Amanda from Be The Match um, yeah. and think about how what she shared with us really connects and let's translate that a little deeper into higher ed. Yeah. Um, sure. So why don't you just dive in, Jimmy? When you think back of that that conversation with Amanda, you know, what, what, one or two things really stands out the most from you from that conversation. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, um, so, you know, I've been, yeah, I, I, first of all, I'm just going to say, I really like these retrospective episodes where we get a little time to, um, kind of outside of the context of recording to like process what's, what's been going on and process what we heard. And I feel like that's uh, definitely been something that I did. So so typically, um, and, and I, I, and I want to preface this by saying, I don't think this is an atypical experience, but one of the things that I tend to do when we're in recording, when we're talking to our guests is that I keep I keep focusing on like the tactical uses of CRM to overcome a particular problem. Um, you know, particular issue, which, right, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to, you know, have the greater use of technology to solve problems and and solve for growth, um, which I think is a perfectly good thing. But I think as I retrospectively processed through Amanda's story and really thought about the big picture, she said in the midst of the conversation, and for those of you who haven't listened to it, go back and listen to uh, episode, I think it's maybe 15 or 16. I can't remember right now. Um, the numbers are getting so high. Um, but uh, one of the things that I remember her saying was really this big story about how when Be The Match contacted her and let her know that the stem cells that she donated were going to be used um, or this, you know, the 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 donation that she made. So I started thinking about, you know, originally, you know, I was very struck by the the use of Text and she she mentioned a couple of things in here where you know people could basically text a code with her last name and she would then get credit, which would then you know rep- be represented in the CRM, which I think is amazing. I don't know of any higher ed institutions that are getting that granular with their enrollment counselors or you know anything like that that are out there on the road where you can say you know let's say they're at a college fair or whatever, text last name Gleason to this number and. And you know basically you can start a start up start a conversation through the CRM, but the bigger picture here for me that that became more and more evident was how Amanda's story, you know she said, what was it a number of years after she made her like after her donation was taken, like she got this letter saying that her or like this notification that her her donation was going to be used, and that then led her back to be the match as a now employee. So I never had stopped and really processed through that whole full circle. Like like that CRM like totally did its work. Like it brought her back now as an ambassador um, because of something that she gave and she believed in. I think that's just, to me, I mean, maybe that's insignificant. Maybe I'm making too much out of it, but I'm like, I was just struck by that. By how that happened, you know, that like full circle nature of, of that, that conversation. And then it basically brought her back, got her involved. And now she's like continuing to, you know, expand those circles outward. So,
0: well, let me just say, I don't think that's what you're, that connection and thinking about the impact of CRM is an overreach. I don't think that is because I can say this as someone who's run a non-traditional student program. I can see, say this as someone who's run a traditional student program and as a former traditional student myself, there were experiences I had in college mm-hmm. that led me to being where I am today. Be the, the activities and, and, and types of jobs and volunteer opportunities I took advantage of in college is what attracted me to working in higher education. And it, I've seen it with other students that I work with that stayed in the field. I, I've seen it with in a non-traditional student uh, program where I had our grad- students when they were ready to graduate applying for opens with us because of the experience they had. And they wanted to help connect other prospective students to that. That's kind of what Amanda did. But the difference is the technology helped drive that experience. And that, let me just say this. When we move to less human interaction because things are more virtual. Things are online. We lose some of that experience that students would normally get, and to know that the CRM helped build that gap, to yeah. build that experience back up, drove there. That will, to me, that the inspiring story that is, or the challenging and, and the thing that that makes me want to, I don't know, get deeper in CRM is how do I replicate that. That is as, as an impetus as we're thinking about an implementation with this serum, how will this product that we're helping a school use not just engage a prospective student but help build that experience to the student set the tone continue the tone and allow them to have the experience that drives them to want to stay working at that at that institution
1: yeah right yeah and I feel like sometimes you know and maybe this is me uh maybe miss uh, misaligning a definition of like a tactic uh, of a tactic. but I feel like sometimes uh, in, in, in my context sometimes I feel like I just maybe think way too short term about the desired outcomes of the CRM implementation right like it's we yes we want to we want to solve for these short-term needs but and, and again maybe this is just a, a big step back moment for myself maybe this is that hope of spring coming through. It's like, just understanding like, the job of the CRM is is not just to put a lead in the bucket, in the funnel or whatever, you know, analogy you wanna use there. The job of the CRM is to, like you're saying, close that relational gap or, you know, be the wood putty between, you know, those, those parts of the process. Ultimately, not to put someone in the pipeline. I mean, obviously that's the short term goal, but the long term goal is to put someone in the experience of being a student and potentially, you know, the benefactor of, a, of an education that's like very big picture. So I think, you know, when we were, uh, so for those of you who are listening, Mickey and I have these these conversations, some are grand, some are very not grand, um, and we have really identified a few industries that we really want to understand more about, you know, how CRMs are being used in those industries. So we met with Eric uh, from square two and then Amanda from be the match. um, And we're really hoping to get some other industries, but I thought the, the, maybe the big epiphany moment for me was that, you know, be the match is a is a very it's a wonderful organization doing some amazing you know research work and you know healing. And I, I guess what I stopped uh, kind of stepped back from the episode thinking was, you know, education isn't that different. Like we're doing it's it's you know, it's not, you know, cells and blood and all that stuff. Um, but it's something that's like this. I guess I guess to me the, the difference between the kind of nonprofit work like Amanda's doing and the nonprofit work that's often happening in, in higher ed, you know, they're, they're both very noble and they're both, you know, really, really moving people to, uh, the goal is to really move people toward, uh, this, this better, better place, uh, maybe healing's too strong, but like just this, this grander, grander vision of what they had before and what they were before. So that's the big one. That's the big, <laughs> how's that? Mm-hmm. How's, that's my, uh, that's, that's my big one. <laughs> well, so
0: I, I will say, Jimmy, I, I don't think it has to even be limited to like non-profit organizations or non-profit higher ed. If you have a business, you know, or run a for-profit organization, if you have a strong mission, you know, and, and you're thinking about that experience that you're providing bigger than the technology. And then you implement your technology around that to help support that vision and that mission of what you're trying to do. Hey, I know you're deeply engaged with this conversation, but we're going to pause just for a moment for an important word from our sponsors.
2: This episode is brought to you by our friends at Unibuddy. Unibuddy is a student engagement platform that helps higher education recruitment, marketing, and admissions professionals attract, engage, and convert prospective students. Unibody helps students make one of the most important purchasing decisions of their entire life. And that decision is where to go to college. One of the ways they do this is by giving prospects real-time access to real people at your university. Here's how it works. A prospective student named Sam stumbles upon your school's business major website page, and he starts reading about your program offering. After a few seconds, a warm pop-up form invites Sam to chat with student ambassador Dan, who, you guessed it, is currently studying business at your university. After some quick niceties, Sam admits he's been looking at your school for some time now, but has yet to submit a formal inquiry or start an application. He's been to a couple of virtual recruitment events, but it's been hard to get a real feel for what life as a student, especially during these times, is actually like. Dan talks about his love of the entrepreneurship course he's taking, how challenging but rewarding Accounting 101 is, and how impressed he's been with your school's response to the challenges that COVID has thrown everyone's way. After 15 minutes of chatting with Dan, Sam books a chat with one of your admissions counselors for next week, and then he goes on to create an application account. This experience is so much more powerful than a static chat window or a scripted chatbot. Unibuddy empowers people to make better decisions through shared human experience. Oh, and by the way, this peer-to-peer engagement platform, it's just one of Unibuddy's product offerings. Wait until you see their virtual events platform. It's totally game-changing. Don't get stuck in a prospective student's college shopping cart. Make the experience of accessing personalized, peer-to-peer feedback as frictionless as possible. To learn more about Unibuddy and access a plethora of free resources to help you navigate student recruitment this year, head on over to enrollify.org forward slash Unibuddy and we'll ping you directly to Unibuddy's learning hub.
0: That's what technology is supposed to do. And and I don't think, I I think you have to think some short-term Yeah, With the technology, you know, you can't, if you want to make, you know, I was reading uh, someone dropped, some school dropped an RFP this morning, or at least I saw it this morning uh, about um, helping improve retention and completion rates and part of the details they wanted to remove student barriers. Right. Mm -hmm. I love that language. Yep. But you can't do that today without technology. If, If you try to do that without CRM, So as we consider whether or not to submit a response on that RFP, it's going to come down to our research to find out, do they already have something? Are they willing to get something? Because if they're not, the amount of effort, time, resources, and money you have to spend on people to manually do the work that can much more easily be done with technology. And I don't mean removing human interaction altogether. I mean, just keeping it all organized. Yeah. Yeah it is it is not efficient you you will not remove all your student barriers you cannot have a completely smooth process yep. anymore that way because it's too complex what you want to do to be able to remove student barriers and inc- uh, improve retention the the amount of things that we have that we know now that then tell us what we need to do
1: mm-hmm.
0: without technology is very difficult to do so you, so you have to keep that in mind but you know and i think this is the difference between companies that do implementations for a and vendors who have products that they also implement. I care much more deeply. And this is not to say the vendors don't care at all about this, but the vendors need to get their clients using that tool. But when I'm going into an let's just say an emissions implementation. And that's why I push our team so hard. What is the school's overarching primary goals? Yeah. You know, what is it they're trying to do and achieve and then, and then, and I don't mean in a CRM. I mean in general. Yeah. And then how does the CRM support that work? So that the CRM supporting it, the is not driving it, the CRM supporting it. So if we know we need to remove student barriers, back to that example, then what are the barriers, and then how can the technology help support that to create that student experience? Yeah. That yeah, engages them more. That makes them more successful. That gets them more involved in their classwork more involved in academic support when they need it and more communicative with the college when they are having an issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, um, one thing that I'm a current project I'm working on that that's making this come to, like it, the, there's a point to what I'm going to say in case anyone was wondering, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm one of the projects I'm currently working on is a big research project for uh, a top tier uh, MBA program, online MBA program in the United States. And uh, one of the things that keeps coming to the surface is really, and, and I think that I should say, one of the things that's coming to the surface in this research, but also one of the things that I've experienced over the years of you know, my tenure in higher ed is that academic advising almost always needs help. Right. Like just blanket statement there, academic advising, the whole advising experience that a lot of students have just doesn't um, it doesn't usually match with what the institution wants it to be. And a lot of times it doesn't match with the the expectations that the consumer is bringing to the table for it either. And I just keep coming back to, you know, let's I'm going to go into some of the tactics that Amanda mentioned, you know, again, using that those text the text features where you can highlight someone or you can highlight a department or you can basically almost like this personalized reach for help. Uh, because as, my, as I deal with my own teenagers and I see how technology is just a, per, you know, unlike you and I, Mickey, who, you know, for those of you who don't know, we're, we're not young. Uh, we've been in the industry for a long time. Uh, we do remember a time when cell phones didn't exist and when PCs were not like you didn't have double digit numbers of them in your, in your house, um, which I feel like that's where I live right now. But uh, but one of the things that I think is interesting as I watch this generation and, and even as I consider my own behavior is that technology, you know, it's not evil. It's not like... Um, it's not something that we should you know, be afraid of. It's changing how we process things and changing how we do process. But like you said, Mickey, unless you have a kind of a, an inkling of what you want that process to look like and what your ultimate outcomes need to be, or you want them to be, technology is not going to, technology is not the solution. It is not the, it is not the sole solution there. Let me rephrase that. It's not the sole solution. First, you have to have a a vision and purpose of what that, what that need is, what the goal and desired outcomes are. Um, And I think that relative to academic advising and even, you know, you said student, um, student assistants where, you know, where they can get academic support and all these things. It's like, if we can figure out ways, even, you know, post-enrollment to help technology build those systems or, or support those systems, not build, support those systems that make it easier for students to get the help they need to, you know, reach out to their advisors. So the question for me becomes, you know, based on some of the tactics that Amanda brought up was, how do we use the CRM to go to the next level? Because if ultimately the goal is to obviously for some of our lead, for some of the leads I'm working with, like it's feed the top of the funnel, but for most, you know, institutions it's enrollment and retention driven. And um, it's both, it's not either, or it's a both. And, and like, and I think sometimes we just think very monolithically about the CRM and where it applies in the pipeline and how those tools can be used. So I, I just feel like I'm getting a much bigger vision of where the CRM Technology has to pervade through all the way through the system, you know, through the the life life span of a student. So, I feel like she really helped me to kind of like just think a little differently about the transactions and the bigger picture of the CRM. So, you,
0: I, I'm glad to have this conversation. I, I, as well as I, as you're kind of wrapping that thought, the thing that comes to mind is well, maybe we need to have a conversation around just, just taking this question. Mm -hmm. What is a retention or student life cycle focused CRM? Just exactly. What is that? What does it do? Yeah. Because there are, there are out there that have an idea. It can be vague. It can be with some detail and it can be with a lot of detail, but I think maybe we just need to have that conversation to, to sit down for 25 minutes and yeah. just talk through what all it can do and what the variations of uh, are for that that we see that institutions are using because it's, it, it can be big and cover everything. It can be siloed to an extent and cover a, a small component of your student ex- experience. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there are, there, it can be different things. Uh, and that might help other folks because I've mentioned on this uh, podcast several times at this point where I get frustrated seeing schools send out an RFP um, where they're looking for a particular type of solution. And you can tell by the way it's written that the person that wrote it or the or the group of people or persons that advised the person that wrote it really didn't know what it was and how yeah. it worked, Yeah. Um, which I think lead to really bad selection processes and 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 like and and a uh, much greater likelihood of, of picking the wrong tool, right. um, But but to to really understand those components, and so if we're talking about let's let's just say for example, we want to remove student barriers. You know how does CRM do that specifically? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I don't want to take away from this episode and do it, but but um, but I think we should circle back, and that should be another follow up.
1: Yeah, episode. I might put I might throw that question out on LinkedIn because I just feel like there's I think the thing that we that we that I experience, I, I won't speak for you. Sorry, I was going with this second person plural there. I'll go with me. The thing I experience is that uh, you know, I just continue to think about <laughs> I think I have a hard time thinking of the context that we have been in. And that, that being, you know, the system that is, you know, really uh, an enrollment CRM, a student information system that's kind of like student registration focused and then, you know, Razor's Edge or some Blackboard product on the alumni side and how they're so disparate and they're just not talking to each other. And there is not, you know, there's not a lot of continuity baked into those kind of systems. And ultimately, you know, in that, like, there's an, there's a loss, there's a huge experiential loss of, uh, of like, what's happening in the student, you know, to the student between those stages, what's happening, like, while they're there, you know, like, there's just not a lot of, the lens is just so limited. And Mm -hmm. I think I just start to, like, get a little frustrated by that. And I can imagine, I can imagine that I'm not the only person that gets frustrated by that. But I also, there's this part of me that wonders, like, Am I being idealistic to think that there could be a software solution that could, you know, effectively do do the job well of all three of those areas and maybe even those that I'm not even thinking of?
0: I'm processing. Yeah, no. Yep. You know. I think this is giving us our impetus for, for our next several episodes. I think we need to, to, to hone in and, and really focus a bit to talk yeah. more about this with folks. I think let's let's post that on LinkedIn. Let's see what what our own other folks' minds and yeah. might help drive some of the content. But I, I want us to take some time to let's let's talk about the student experience. Let's talk about student barriers. And let's talk about how technology supports your efforts. To alleviate, reduce, eliminate, pick the right term for you, those barriers yeah. to improve that experience. Because that experience really begins to have impact on the student when they begin their journey with you. Whether that's reluctancy, whether that's mm-hmm. fear, whether that's hope, whether that's excitement, you know, being able to help set that tone. Yeah influence that tone. I I don't know that you can set it, but you can influence the tone. Right. Yep. Through that. And, um, you know, let's, 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 let's break that down. And maybe
1: that's, that's not an episode. That's multiple episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's like, the uh, I, I would call that the, uh, the dreamscape, right? Like we're really just painting the, like, how do we, how do we get through this? And, and I think, you know, if we're being honest, this is the time when higher ed probably needs this the most. Like there are some, you know, just, you know, there's just a lot of a lot of difficulties in the industry, a lot of a lot of hurt going on, a lot of loss um, and a lot of need for kind of readjusting the view of like where things need to be in order to make this industry um, and probably some people don't even like it when I, probably my wife as a faculty member would not like it that I call that an industry, but it's like, we've got to make sure that we stay in business here. And we've got to, in order to do that, we have to understand more and more about our customers. So hey, I'm, I'm going to do one, uh, one little shout out here. I want, we, I definitely want to thank Amanda for coming on. Um, and for, if anyone's listening to this and you are in you know on the university side and you want here we go if you want to do nothing else just for seo benefit like contact amanda at be the match and write a blog article about what the cool things they're doing on campuses and they, you know like and use that you know use her link that backlink to her to be the match and you'll get you know better placement as a result of that it's a good link to have um but i would encourage you to like reach out to her and see how how be the match can be a part of your campus uh in order to uh you know help with uh research and the healing things that they're working on. She'll she'll tell you more about it because I'm just an ignoramus, but I just know she gets really excited about it and she's a she's a good person. So
0: yeah. Man. So I, I wanna I wanna I'm gonna twist this and, and and shift just briefly as we as we bring this one to a close because I think you touched on another point. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that, that's great. That's great. Uh, you know, because I, we, we're talking about this bigger vision. We're talking about the, the experience and setting that tone, all, all of those important factors. And then, you know, you, you also mentioned you were just talking about, you know, this industry and, and, and the importance of keeping things afloat. But because, but, you know, that's another component to this, that, yeah. yes, we have this mission of what we're trying to do. Um, But we also have this business side of it that knows how much of it we need to do in order to be successful. We need students to graduate, but we also need to enroll a certain number of students to maintain that number of faculty that we have to, right. And the number of staff that we have, we Mm -hmm. have that, that is a, like it or not a part of this world. Yep. Um, You know, and, and again, I said this earlier the amount of effort it takes to, to remove barriers or have efficient processes without technology. It's the same thing with enrollment. You know, one of the big, big factors that impact schools is their inability to use the technology that they have, because most schools at this point for admissions purposes, at least have a CRM with the exception of maybe community colleges and the number of community colleges that have released RFPs over this pandemic for CRM is through the roof. So, I mean, we're, we're, I think, implementing six community colleges for admissions CRM right now. Wow. Um, and this is the end of, the, of of this. We've been implementing, you know, since the onset of the pandemic at a much higher rate. It continues to be that way. But mm-hmm. but the, the point is with, with CRM, and that's where you have to, you, you've got to think of the business side. But then you also have to think about we, we're building this tool. We're using this tool to remove barriers. We are enroll- we're using this tool to help track and monitor how we're doing with enrollment for success, student success, and new student enrollment. Mm-hmm. But then we, then other components, then how do we continue to use this more effectively?
2: Hey, all, Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows, too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify podcast network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help pirate marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at org. Mm-hmm. Because when you stop doing,
0: increasing the, the way you're measuring or thinking about how effective using the tool, other schools are and they're getting ahead. It's almost like they're getting a new piece of technology and and you're having the same old one. Because you're not continuing to grow in what you have. And, and some, some, some of you out there listening um, will, will know this. Uh, some of you listening won't know this, but some of you will ultimately have some type of technology that won't allow you to grow. Um, yeah. Or you will grow and hit a wall, and there's a limit to your ability to grow uh, mm-hmm. and use that tool. And you may have to switch and use, use something bigger. Yeah. Um, and that's different. You know that, that's, that's, a, that's a part of this. Um, and that's not to say those, those tools that are limited aren't the right tool for you. They, they very well could have been the perfect tool for you to get started but they all have limitations and maybe you've hit too many of those limitations and now it's time to change. Yeah. Um, but, but that, but if you don't think about that growth, someone needs to be that champion say, look at what this is doing for us. And look what it could be
1: doing. Yeah. For us. Yep. That's so true. Yeah. So the big takeaway is for those, for, for the listeners out there, let's make sure that we're thinking about the bigger picture, like, The picture of staying in business, the picture of delivering effectively, the picture of reducing barriers so that students like can come, can stay, can graduate, can donate, you know, all those things like that's the that's all a part of this big ball of wax. So, man, and how is your institution? How can you
0: be the best at providing those providing that service that eliminates the barriers once you know that path of what you need to do to do it? Then you can figure out how technology needs needs to support that. And that, by the way, is also the requirements that you need to have in the tool to be able to help you achieve that. Again, it's your approach to success drives how technology supports it. Technology doesn't drive that. Um, you know, and I'll circle back to Jim Collins' um good degree. You know, when they were doing that, writing that book and they were talking about, you know, what is what's the role of technology? Should it be its own component? And their ultimate answer was no. It's not its own component of what makes these good companies great companies.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: because the technology supports that bigger vision. How yeah. does it support it? Technology itself doesn't drive it. Great, and book. that I think a fantastic book, um, fantastic book. Uh, but that that I think that's a a key lesson. There is you know yes, look at all the cool things the vendors will show you, all the amazing cool things yeah. that the tool can do, but they don't all. You know, let's say let's say they've got some super um, capable chat feature um, that can do a thousand different things, but realistically, you're paying for a tool that can do a thousand things, but maybe for what you need now and in the midterm might yep. be 10 10 things. Right. So why why use the extra budget on the on those other 9,990 things?
1: Yep. Exactly. Let's, let's
0: pay for the 10 and maybe.
1: 10 more really that we won't well. use yet
0: and get 20 yeah Take yep. 10 use the 10 grow to the other 10 yeah you know that's where you might eventually need to make a change with technology that's okay yeah that is okay as long as you're really using it because yeah. if you're paying for the 10,000 things or 1,000 mm-hmm. things whatever if you're and you're not using it you're wasting dollars that could be used on something else
1: sure so and i think i think um, too many times people like institutions will think of that as a failure like oh i'm you know i have this great tool but i'm gonna you know a, so to speak kind of downgrade but but in fact if you're using what you have more you know more fully and more effectively then that's actually the better way like that's the that's the, that's the best way yes that's sustainable yes. growth that's like achieve 101 before you strive for 301 that's the exactly yep. yes
0: yep it's okay to want to be at 301 but know that you've got to work yourself there
1: yes yep. great okay. episode mickey Something about that North Carolina air, I guess. That's it's no, it's spring. Hope is in the air. Hope is in the air. That's it. Yep, yep. that's it. Got it. Got it. Uh, And so,
0: so next in two weeks, let's talk about what makes your retention or student success CRM. Let's let's open that door. I don't know that we can cover it all, but let's let's
1: let's try. We'll try
0: several components. At least several components in there, and, and dive a little deeper. What does it mean to, to engage with advisors or academic support? What does it mean to identify processes where barriers are? Let's, let's, let's take a couple of those and really dive in on them.
1: Yeah. All right, Mickey. Well, I, I will, uh, I hope I'll uh, sign us off today. I hope that your uh, rest of your time with the fam is great. And I hope North Carolina produces some excellent weather for you. Um, And I hope that you get to enjoy those flowers that are springing. Well, I, I hope
0: I'm hoping for you, Jamie, that I can return to Pennsylvania and bring that weather with me. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's kind of rainy and a little overcast today, but I'm gonna say at least it's warm. Warmer. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah so I don't let, have a heat on in my house. Let's hope spring and, spring temperatures are here to stay. Sounds good. All right. For all, all right. of you out there, we'll see you next time on CRM Prov.
2: Hey all Zach here from Neurolefy. I hope you enjoyed this episode of CRM Prov. If you liked this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts.